Rocking chair, chair sessions. sessions. With Elisa Di Battista, Maria Teresa Barber. Hello, everyone, and welcome to RCS Rocking Chair Sessions, Volume 120, with artist Janina Twin. Welcome, Janina. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sitting with us and rescheduling um, post Dorian since we actually had you scheduled for before that. And I think it's quite um, funny that Dorian um, postponed your interview being such a natural force. And I think that when I look at your artwork, it has to do with forces of nature. Some of it, although some of it is kind of more figurative with the form. But um, let's talk about the the more natural kind of aspects, like the, the, the spatial and, and even the organic forms that you make. It's, uh, it, it, I'm so glad you brought it up because it is really um, important to, to say that my work was postponed because of a hurricane, not my work, but my interview the was interview. postponed because of my hurricane and my work has to do with sea level rise and all the things that are happening on Earth because of global warming. And uh, the work that I'm doing right now just grew. It became really big, um, like my frustration and anger with like most other people today with what's happening. And um, I used to make smaller uh, work, but then when it came to portraying a natural event, it had to go bigger, so I started using, where I would use 50, 60 pounds of salt or sugar, I started using 500, 600 pounds. And uh, the first work that I did uh, about sea level rise was called Deniers. And it was about people denying global warming. And um, I did it in a warehouse, and I just went from, not totally small, I had done a larger work in, in other spot, but this was like a huge warehouse. And it became this gigantic thing that I was there for days. And it became so big that I couldn't photograph it from the ground, I had to get a drone. Oh my God. So. <laughs> wow, that was quite, quite, a, quite a step up there. <laughs> All of a sudden, but I, I guess it was, it was the size of the anger and the frustration yeah. and, and, and what's really happening. And it coincided, that one particular uh, show coincided with the Women's March. And I marched in the morning, and at, at the closing of that show, uh, my performance, because I usually do a performance to destroy the work, yeah, because it's impermanent, um, at the performance I did a performance of a pro protest, and people were still in that mood, in sense, wherever it was, people were crying, and, and I, it, was, it was, from that day on, I was like, for now, this is what I'm gonna be doing, because it's so important. It's really, really important. We don't have a plan B, planet B, so we gotta talk about all of these things. Uh, and, but I also feel like um, that there are, people are stepping up right now, and I feel like I, I'm finally getting a little bit hopeful again because of artists like you and other and artists that deal with their environment, but also, like, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Greta uh, Thunberg, also the, you know, the young kid with Asperger's who has been like standing oh up God. in like such a big way and She's has been brought so much energy with her you know to do all these school strike um, for climate change and it's really like um, I feel like people are stepping up like people like you they're stepping up and you're really you know yeah, putting there's, yourself there's out there so and, many shows you know, about that right mm -hmm. now and it's really like you f start to feel hopeful that yeah. people are going to, and then there's also no way of denying it anymore yeah i mean it's like look what just happened you know dorian destroyed islands and a couple of years ago puerto rico and maria and we get a little bit we haven't really gotten hit since wilma really bad but we do get you know i mean the last care was was big everybody you get no water anywhere you try to block everything and cover everything and it's just you know you're living in fear and um 
global warming is causing bigger, harder storms. Yeah. But it is, the, I, I feel hopeful. I feel mm-hmm. hopeful that, that people will wake up and say, mm-hmm. you know, enough. Mm-hmm. There's so many good things happening in that sense. I mean, people are waking up to violence and to global warming and to a whole lot of things that need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, one of the images that I, I feel like also, you know, speak like after the hurricane they also kind of like connect you know in a in a, in a way to your work so well was like this before and after of grand bahama where you could see like before it was like this island and then after it was like reduced Depleted, to, yeah. it was like half or, or Six, less, more than half more, 60 percent yeah. of the islands were underwater yeah and you could they, they did this sliding photo you know you can see before and after and you were just like oh my god you know that is really an image and when is going to be our turn yeah. because it's, it's just a matter of fact yeah. of time it's yeah. just a matter of time uh, the fires in california the fires all over the place you know sea level rising right now the midwest it's water up to the roofs yeah all over so there is people have to say you know come on Yeah. yeah, there's going to be a real problem. And I feel like something that uh, Greta Thunberg also said is like uh, coming from Europe, but like she's in the States right now. Uh, she sailed over. Yes, you, did you yes see I that? saw that. Was, she's so she's, cute. She's pretty incredible. And she said, you know, the difference between the States and Europe is in Europe, you know, climate change is a fact. And in the United States, it's still like about belief, you know? Do you believe in climate change or do you not believe in climate change? And that's something that was really kind of weird for me when I first moved to South Florida, that everyone is like pretending that it is, it's not happening, you know? Sure. Like buildings are going up on the beach, you know, like where, you know, it doesn't take much for the beach to be underwater, right? Uh, and, it's like, and it's like, um, even when Leonardo DiCaprio didn't, did this interview with the mayor and of Miami Beach and they were just putting millions into a water pump and then he said yeah it's going to be able to take care of like two or three feet of water you know and yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio was just like uh, really that's it because that's not, that's gonna <laughs> yeah, happen like yeah. in no time it's, so it's, it's it's really unbelievable that mm-hmm. people still building and people still that's that show that I had called deniers was exactly about that because mm-hmm. it wasn't just the people denying the the science you know the people in Washington saying you know oh I don't believe it's not a matter of believe it's a fact yeah you know it's real and people still doing things to that that contribute to that so and I mean Florida was even like uh, when I first got here I was like informed that you're not even allowed to say kind of climate change no, and right? had it the, was like a word that was not allowed to be the used last governor in, uh, yeah prohibited I mean yeah. how, how can we put up with with that kind of politics yeah how can we the people not the politicians we the people take that mm-hmm. and and I get very angry I get very worked up so that's what I'm you know but that's kind what, of what you channel in yeah that's, that's what I'm channeling channel. right now because it we're a coastal community we mm-hmm. are in the most danger of having a catastrophe yeah and if it doesn't happen all at once it will happen very slow intervals yeah. and, and not only that if the I was reading that if the the ocean it raises one more one more degree of temperature there's all kinds of awful things that are going to start happening and that's one degree yeah that sometimes you don't even feel it if it's you know what what is it 75 or is it 76 but if it's one more degree we're in such trouble yeah and what's happening in the arctic and antarctic and all of that so Yeah, I'm always fighting for something. <laughs> yeah, and it's this chain effect, I think, that people are still not really understanding. And maybe more, I feel like more people are, you know, when they see the images, you know, of the destruction, when they see the icebergs fall down into the water and how, you I mean, you can't even imagine the amount of ice that melted only this summer. You know, this, it's like these gigatons of ice that melted. And I feel like the more images you know, now because it, it becomes a reality. It's not a hypothesis anymore, you know? The more people I feel like are gonna, are gonna wake up too. 
you I know, would certainly so that they have so. to do something. Yeah. I feel that we all need to do a little bit. And mm. Since art is what I do, that's you know what I'm trying to, to mm. evoke. And with the salt, the salt is so forgiving and mm. such so an great. amazing material. I wanted to ask, like, material. why the salt? Mm. And also white salt versus sugar now, since you're predominantly using salt. Well, I'm predominantly using salt because it accommodates much better to the concept of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. It's the ocean and it's mm -hmm. salt. And uh, also salt has been tied to humanity's great ascents and descents. Um, I mean, countries have become rich and uh, powerful. It has also tumbled uh, uh, governments. Salt was very important, it still is, but it was even more important in the past. Uh, the word salary comes from salt, so people were paid in salt. Mm -hmm. uh, it was that important and that uh, rare. And not rare, because there, there's always been salt, but not everybody uh, had access to it. The cities that had salt mines, like Salzburg, became very, very rich. So salt is very tied to humanity. It also has some um, traditions, like uh, in certain countries, when you want to welcome someone, you give them some salt and bread. Mm -hmm. And um, also it's a tradition they used to cleanse. It's a cleansing thing. Mm -hmm. you, they used to cleanse babies when they were born with salt. And of course we use salt you know, for everything. Mm -hmm. you know, and it, it kind of helps you keep a balance. Too much salt, it's bad for you. Not salt at all is also bad for you. You need some of it in your life. So there is a whole lot of traditions that go. It's also in some, um, in some places it means uh, a pact. You can have a pact, a seal with salt. Mm -hmm. And I read something really interesting that uh, in the International Space Station, when they have a new astronaut coming in, they do this. They greet him with bread and salt. Mm. So, <laughs> but I think I, as opposite to using uh, sugar, mm. I've used other things too, other materials, spices, and um, I, I was using sugar because of what I was saying with the work when I was doing my dresses I and my sexy stuff. I was like, were you using sugar for the lace? Because you do have a series where it started more figurative with these very, very intricate, delicate even, and also like very um, sensual, Sexy, sensual, yes, sensual yeah. kind that's, of shape. That's the feminist work that yes. I will continue to do uh, on and off, but um, that's what I when I started using flour, sugar, spices, uh, it kind of went with the idea of sugar and spice and everything say, nice. Yes, <laughs> I said it in my head and you said it not out really. Long. <laughs> So it was my my way of speaking about women's bodies and sexuality and our power as women to generate a life and not only to generate the life, but to also sustain it with our bodies. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm touching my breast. You know? mm -hmm. we, for, for years, you can have a child that only eats out of you, yourself. Yeah. So that that's very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. And uh, the white, I, I, I like to use a lot of white. It's it's in recalling mother's milk. Mm -hmm. I'm a mom. Mm -hmm. And um, I raised two daughters. And now I am a grandmom. Ooh. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's really wonderful. So when I started doing, when I, I was a graduate student and I, Actually, there's something that people don't know about me a whole lot is that my degrees, both BFA and MFA, are in ceramics. <laughs> I'm a ceramicist. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no most idea. People most don't. people don't. No, most people, I've only ever experienced your work two times as site-specific installations mm. um, responding to a space with a, a performance thereafter. So the right. way that I've actually met you or seen your work in person has been the installation with either a phrase or an interaction that the person could do and then eventually you do something. So I've never seen ceramic work. How did that start for you? When I, when I started the MFA program, I was only ceramics. But then I started really getting, investigating and writing about my work. And I was doing figurative work back then. And um, don't get me wrong, I miss clay every day of my life. I love clay. 
but um, I was doing clay and I was doing all the materials and I was using, you know, there's a lot of powders in clay. You know, you have to mix it with water or, or make a glaze with it or whatever. So I started fooling around with that and I started getting more, some of the, the, the artists that have influenced me um, are from South America, are specifically from Brazil. My man is from Brazil. So I've been with him forever and ever and ever. And um, I speak Portuguese and we travel often and we have a lot of friends there and family. And so I started getting very interested in um, Brazilian artists and the concretism movement and Ligia Clark and Elio Itisica and um, a bunch of other you know, artists from Brazil. And that started kind of working in my my psyche and thinking about it and I started writing and and writing about my work brought about the question was what are you doing it's always who are you what yeah what are you doing yeah definitely who are you you know and and like I said I'm a mom and at that time you know most of the uh, the typical role of a mom you feed your family you are the caregiver and all of that so I was um I started peeling the onion, just kind of figuring it out, and said, you know what, I'm gonna work only with the most basic things that I touch every day. What do I touch every day? Food. So I started using food materials, and I started with flour, and I used to make this, one day I wanna go back and do it, but it was crazy, yeah. Huge uh, carpets of flour. But flour has no tooth, it doesn't hold up, it's just pure powder, so it was so hard to do but they were beautiful. I started doing that and then I wanted something that would hold up a little better and I started with sugar and then, you know, the whole, like I said, peeling the onion was I'm a mother, I'm a woman, I'm, you know, uh, this vision that uh, the world has of women needs to change a little bit. We are very sex sexual uh, and our sexuality sometimes gets oppressed because we have to be at the same time, the virgin and the whore, and um, we cannot age. We always have to look young and beautiful. And when you start aging, you nobody ever looks at you anymore. And so all of that. And and so I started making this this underwear, this very sexy, beautiful underwear out of perishable materials to sort of say, you know, it doesn't last, you know. Which was one of the of the layers of my like the lingeries and the thongs and the like slips and all of that and, um, slips yeah. and and then yeah it's really beautiful when you have an eighteen year old body and you know maybe you can keep a little bit for a few years but you know it's gonna decay it's gonna change it's the nature mm-hmm. of the beast you know mm-hmm. we all get old and um, that plus also perhaps the main concern about my work also one of the layers of my work is that it's impermanent Mm -hmm. that nothing is permanent that you know we're here the prestal on loan we're here on loan on loan Mm -hmm. so that um that's how the work came about and so i stopped using well for my mfa show i had everything i had some ceramics i had performance i had video and I had the powders and so it was it was like a culmination of everything and then I after one of the hurricanes I forget which one took both of my kilns my electric kiln. No, but Andrew did that <laughs> and probably. No, uh, it wasn't Andrew. It was Wilma. 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 Wilma took it. And uh, my gas kiln and my uh, other kiln that was outside too, my electric kiln, after they took it, then I kind of like, yeah, I'm going to get a kiln, but I, I never did. And I just kept working. And then people liked what I was doing. And I kept getting called for, you know, that kind of work. And um, so... But there was, uh, in, in 2011, there was, um, I don't know if you know what Encica is. Encica is a national convention of ceramic artists, big, it's worldwide, and they always have it here in the United States in some city. Different city, mm-hmm. And they had one in Tampa. And I hadn't done ceramics in 10 years, I think. Mm. 
but somebody remembered me. Three people remember me because I got invited to three shows. So, I, <laughs> wow. So I, I, I made work which looked completely different than what I had done before, and uh, and I was in the three shows, and I was I was loving every minute of it, but I had no kiln, so I had to fire somewhere this else. somewhere else, yeah. and 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 then life is crazy and it's very busy. I am a mom. I help my husband with stuff, you know. I, I no longer go to the office, but I do do work. And um, and I teach, I used to teach at FAU, and right now I'm teaching at NSU. And it's a very fun course. What are you teaching? <laughs> I'm teaching museum studies and gallery practices. Oh. And we're putting together an exhibition. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, we're putting together an exhibition with the students. So it's it's been really fun. And um, the exhibition's coming up in a couple of weeks. So I'll let you know about that one. Yeah, and the really work great. is uh, by the students? No, or? the work is by an invited artist. It's a solo show for an artist. And I invited Freddie. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> and Freddie's blowing their minds That's because he's so going to have awesome. this video, light video installation. And the kids were like, what? Wow! Oh my God! They were so excited last class when he came over and kind of we so started cool. talking about yeah. yeah, yeah. If you can, please come. That's gonna be an oh, awesome we're show. We're totally gonna be there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So. I wanted to ask, what differences did you observe from the ceramic pieces that you initially made at the beginning of your master's program, going into it, and the ones you made postgraduate school after creating these site-specific installations? What were the differences? Uh, conceptual. The difference were huge visually and conceptually. Um, like I said, I was um, at when I entered the program, the MFA program. I was doing large uh, figurative ceramics, full figure, which was uh, a feat. I mean, it was very hard, and I, I, I can handle it. I can do it, but um, yeah, and clay to do a body. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, and very realistic too. But. Um, one day I should put out my, my early work. Maybe I should put it on my, I don't know, but it's so different. Yeah. Maybe I should put it in my website. But um, the, the new work, the work that I did for those three shows was very slick. It was no glaze. It was porcelain and it was just forms and pieces, like still, um, an installation, small installation, but an installation. More so. of an essence instead of an actual structure. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, completely different. And I miss it every day. I mean, I keep, every time I see Garby, I'm like, Garby, <laughs> can I use your kill? <laughs> well, we have other. a couple of kilns here, kilns here at the bank house. You can use as an associate artist if you need a kill. Oh, yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe. Yeah. In the future, in the future. When did you first start touching um, clay and working um, with your hands? Was it like as a child or was it in high school? Like when did you first discover your I gift? First, well, um, I always sort of in my heart, I knew I had to create because I know a particular moment when I realized art, a drawing, a painting. I, I, I don't know how old I was. I must have been four or five and I climb into my brother's um, uh, crib. And I was playing with him, and then, you know how cribs are, they have one headboard and one footboard, and the headboard is usually taller. And on the headboard, there was a drawing of balloons. Every, you know, primary color balloons, and they were tied, and they had the little string going down. And I just, all of a sudden, I looked at that, and I really looked at it, I'm like, Wow, these are balloons, but they're not really there. What is this? How do you? Do? I want to do that. I remember that so clearly. I want to do that. It's like, how do you fool the eye like that? I didn't have this comprehension that I'm telling you. We're talking to you right now at, you know, hundreds of years later. <laughs> but. <laughs> um, I remember you that remember moment, that so moment. clearly. I remember the, the balloons. I remember the white crib with bright balloons and how they look like one was on top of the other. And I'm like, that isn't there, but I'm looking at balloons. I want to do that. And then I'm, I always like to draw and I won a little competition at 
think in second or third grade of drawing. Oh, that's so but great. I never really thought of myself, oh, yeah. I'm going to be an artist. Because I guess if I said that to my family, they'd probably go, you're going to be what? You know, you got to get a real profession or something. And although my mom would have been okay with it, but, you know, a little worried. And uh, I was going, I started college and I. Were you going, in the States already? I was in the States already, mm-hmm. yeah. But you were born, where were you? I born? was born in Ecuador. In Ecuador, okay. yeah. Yes, I was born in Ecuador, mm-hmm. but I came as a teen here. Mm-hmm. So you did high school already in the States? Uh, yes, I finished high school here mm-hmm. and I, I went to. to uh, gra- um, College. College. In Miami. or In Miami, mm-hmm. yes, wow. in Miami. And um, then I moved to Broward. Now I live in Broward, mm-hmm. but I, I lived for a long time in Miami. Mm-hmm. And so I took one art class. I was taking all the classes. I thought I was, wanted to be an anthropologist or something. I wasn't sure. And I took one art class, and that was the end. You were done. No way back. It's like, funny how that happens, right? It's, it's like yeah. sometimes it's really this one class or this one teacher, and then it's just like Game it over. sets the course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then and you switch to a to a BFA program, or yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. How did that go mm-hmm. over in your house? Uh, <laughs> well, I was out of my house already. Okay, I was, yeah, I did it kind of backwards. I got married really young, and um, I had babies really young. And that's why I'm a grandma already. <laughs> yeah. And they took a long time to get married. They, I thought they're never going to get married, these kids. <laughs> yeah, now it is. It's better to have your children young because you wait for your grandchildren then forever, right? <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, and, and both girls are creative. So, um, yeah, I, it went over okay. It was like I do whatever I want. <laughs> and your husband's yeah. supportive of the fact that you're oh an artist. Oh my God! Without him, I don't think I could have done what I've done. He's extremely supportive. Extremely, extremely. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah we to, met him earlier. To, under, to understand <laughs> the 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 psychosis of an artist and appreciate it and respect it and understand it is so special. It is. It's, it's so consuming. But you know why he's an artist too? I mean, <laughs> that he doesn't work as an artist. Somebody has to make money to survive. Yeah. <laughs> but he's an artist. He's an excellent photographer, oh. and he's so he's even more of an artist than I am. He's mm-hmm. like his soul is is an artist. Mm-hmm. And his mom was an artist, and you know he's he's a very sensitive person. So I'm very very thankful that that's who I married because he's really been very supportive. It's incredible that you found him so young, right? Oh my that god! It's like it's like and, and he's from Brazil and I'm from Ecuador, and yeah. we met in Miami. Uh, it's like and we were both kids, yeah. just basically kids, and we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Yeah, it's like. You want to get together? Yeah, sure. Let's try it. <laughs> Let's get married. <laughs> yeah. Let's have children. Yeah, that's well. My mom said I had to get married because I told her I wanted to live with him, but I was underage. <laughs> wow. So your mom was like, so yeah, my mom yeah. said, you want to live with him? Well, then you have to get married because you're, you know, very Catholic upbringing. Very, totally. you know, you know. So yeah. she said, there's no way you can't go live with anybody if you're not married. When I was a kid, I needed her permission. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Thanks, Mom. You picked a good one. Yeah. <laughs> she used to call him the hippie. Oh, <laughs> the Brazilian hippie. He had hair down to here. He had no hair to now. His but shoulders. He oh, so my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess she was a very good reader of character, too. And mm-hmm. I guess she saw that he was a good guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think you tell your your child to just up and marry anybody. I think you're just like, you yeah, guys are going to take knew. her out so long. Yeah. Just yeah, she knew. She knew. And um, I mean, she was hoping for the best. And we had no idea. We were just like two kids in the 70s in Miami. So you can imagine. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. So where did you go to get your, your MFA or did you stay locally? I stayed local. Okay. Uh, well, I, I was living in Broward like I mm-hmm. am living still. So I went to FI, FAU. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's where I got my MFA there. And I taught for a few years there too afterwards. When did you start teaching art, like after you graduated? During. I paid my way oh, by teaching. Wow. Yeah. 
And you already yeah. taught at the university level, or did you also? No, ta- no, no. Uh, they they hire me as a, as a, a student, mm-hmm. but I would teach lower level classes. Mm-hmm. And then after I graduated, I I taught everything. Wow. I taught art history. I taught studio classes, ceramics, uh, everything. You know. I taught everything and something really cool that I did for a few years at FAU is um, I took students abroad in the summer so I would take them to Florence and uh, right at the Renaissance uh, birth and I would we would study history and so it was it was so much fun and I had the nicest apartment that I rented every year from uh, this Italian woman and it was right in front of the Uffizi gallery across the river (laughs) so it was just it was it was really nice and then I also took uh, there was one year that we took them to Spain Salamanca but it was really nice I used to like that Wow, how many kids did you take on these trips? Uh, it wasn't just me. It was several, several uh, they would study Italian, they would study art, uh, art history. So it usually was like three teachers. Oh, okay. Yeah, but there were, oh my goodness, about eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one time there were 12, mm-hmm. yeah students abroad yeah because yeah. I did that one time as a college student I took kids from my high school mm-hmm. to, on a trip to Lithuania and I was like oh my god I, I don't know if I would you know it's like it was like me and I was still very young and then four students you're responsible for but it's it's also so much fun right it's just it such is. an it's adventure a lot of fun. and they had they had a place to live you know and did uh, they live with a family or did no, they, they live the, the, the school had an apartment area where two teachers leave and the students leave and some classes were held there so they would rent this but i didn't leave there so i think that's what made it nice yeah you had kind of your separate apartment (laughs) i spent every last little bit they paid me actually really and then out of my pocket but i i didn't leave there Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that was really neat what was really nice is to watch the kids you know some of them abroad for the first time And they, you know, were struggling with the language and and in the beginning they were all shy and this and then by the end of the semester they are all these relaxed, uh, wonderful students that uh, know how to order this and how to walk into a museum and all of that. So it was really nice to watch that growth. Yeah. In them. Yeah, I think there's something that happens when you travel um, to someplace where you're not from, and maybe even language is different. I think there's a really um, in-depth human experience that there's a connection that occurs that you realize that we're more similar than we realize, even though we're not from the same place or look the same. And it's it's very um, humbling to just be able to go abroad, and it just opens your your mind, and it, oh you just goodness. you grow. There's growth every there's time I growth. travel. There's growth, so I yes. think that's really beautiful yes. that you have the chance to do that with those <laughs> yeah. students. I I love traveling too we do i mean whatever the money we get extra we travel <laughs> so you've been traveling all over the world you were in austria your husband told me you yes. were in, in innsbruck even yes, right yes 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 uh-huh. we were there uh yeah we've been to quite a few places i haven't been to asia yet mm-hmm. but hopefully i'll we'll get there soon but um and he does business in italy so we go to europe every year and we have super good friends in spain they were just here we were with we we took them to mexico (laughs) it was it was really a lot of fun but um i I don't have you ever heard of the camino uh the the way of saint james uh there is a ancient footpath yeah yeah i've done it yeah you've done it i've done it from where from the border with France, uh-huh. all the 800 kilometers to, to Santiago, Santiago de Compostela. Compostela. Oh my, I've been in Santiago de Compostela, but I flew in. I didn't walk I in. I walked it. <laughs> oh I walked God. it with a backpack in my back. By yourself or with your husband? Days. No. By yourself? Yeah, with a friend. Wow. 33 days. And it was an amazing experience. It, I really think it changes your perspective in life because to be on foot and to have nothing not even knowing where you're going to sleep the next night 
and to only carry one change of clothes, um, it changes your perspective. A How lot. many kilometers or miles is that? That distance. That's uh, 800 Spain. kilometers is like 500. Yeah. Wow. The whole of Spain. Like the it's like if you walk from here to Tallahassee. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Walking. It, it changes your perspective. That's One phenomenal. thing is to do it in, in a car yeah. or in a train. Certainly. Or, but to walk to where you're going, it is. I've only done 27 <laughs> Kilo, uh, miles. Kilometers. Kilometers. Like, yeah, we went to Trolltunga and we had to walk to the like the edge. It's just beautiful. I think it is transformative. I want to do that now. I think that sounds oh, really great. Please, if you you know, it's it's my duty as a as a person that has done it to instruct you. So if you need to go, if you want to go, I'll give you a call or email. We should do an artist walk over there in uh, in Santiago to Santiago. I'm not a religious person at all, and I didn't do it for religious reasons. Besides, you don't have to. This is an, an ancient walk that has existed for thousands of years before. And you can even walk it like in the in Austria in the Tyrol where I grew up. It's also a stop for the for the uh, we Camino. call it Jakobsweg. But what what is it called in English? Uh, no, in Spanish it's Camino de Santiago. Camino de Santiago, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jakobsweg in Santiago. German. In English it, they call it uh, Saint James Way. Saint James Way, yeah. Saint so James you can you can start in Austria. You and can go open all the your way, door right? anywhere in yeah. Europe and start walking. It's yeah. just a walk. Yeah. But when you get to Spain, then there is actually in. Spain, there are so many ways you can reach Santiago. There's Land. even different ways, Different right? ways. I've mm-hmm. done I've done it three times. <laughs> You've done it three times? The first time when I did it, it was the longest way, the French way, they call it. El Camino Francés. How many? 800 how, kilometers. How many weeks do you go? I do walk you? for 33 days. So yeah, a month. That's a month. Every day. Non-stop, like a marathon. Like yeah. The first week you were like, why am I crazy? Why am I doing this? Remind me. And your feet are like. Your everything. I mean, your muscles. Your thighs. After walking five, six hours a day for a few days, just like, and your backpack feels like, oh my God. Because I did it with my backpack. Today, people don't do it with their backpack. You can send your backpack to the next stop. Yeah. Which is totally fine. That's so fancy. (laughs) I would totally totally do that. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I would not. I would not walk that far. <laughs> I'm not a good walker. <laughs> uh, but I lost my point. But what I was saying is, but you did yes, it three times. Three times. So the, the first the time, time was the first a time month. Was a month, and the other two times were uh, let's see, about a twenty day walk. The last one, and the other one, no, yeah, about. 18 days yeah. because I did the shorter walk the the one that leaves from Oviedo and walks down Asturias all the way to um, Galicia and then on to on to um, Santiago de Compostela mm-hmm. but that's a shorter way it's just a little harder because there's like this a lot of mountains, 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 mountains. mountains. the other one there's a lot of there's some mountains it's a little bit strange. it's a little bit I think it's very telling because it, it has to do with um kind of like this repetitive motion and um, patience. And what I see in your work cannot be done without these repetitive motions and patience. I feel like your work is very intricate. Um, the lace pieces you did initially after grad school, those lace pieces look so detailed. And each each little um, curve or, or even drawing, like that's very, you have to do that one by one. It's not like you have a stamp or something, you stamp it out. It's like it's intricately done by you by hand and it's very repetitive, almost meditative. And it's physical in a way. also. It's very on your physical, body, so like, you have yeah. to have endurance to yeah. do that. Endurance, and Especially these larger pieces you're making. You know, that's really funny that you mentioned that because I had never put two and two together, but I started doing this kind of really meditative work because that's what I do when I'm working on that. I can't, I don't have a phone, I turn it off, and I just do what I'm doing and don't even think about it. Uh, it was after the Camino yeah. I started doing work like that wow I can see the connection I can see the connection because like when you're walking you're just like for me at least so you're like make it to the next step make it to the next step you're just in your mind it's like this repetitive thing to like it's mind over body yeah it's mind over body and it's also you normally walk with a stick yeah and and there's a rhythm there is a rhythm to it and um, And you're puncturing these holes in the ground and making these little mm -hmm. yeah wow you brought something up that i hadn't that i hadn't like you're 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 like with the earth like you're making your mark yeah Mm -hmm. yeah, your mark you're drawing on your on your route 
Yeah, but there is true. also something I feel like what happens when when you walk that is like connecting, you know, mind and body. Mm -hmm. Because I just always remember there is like an, this native saying, or at least that's what they say in the, in the movie theaters. You know, when they when they, um, the natives would go on a train and then they would sit down for a week and wait for their soul to come. And I feel like sometimes it is like, I mean, that's what our bodies was built for walking. It was not built to to travel mm -hmm. on a on, on an a airplane and then thing. kind of like it's kind of like boat. almost and I sometimes really feel that disconnect when you go some somewhere really fast and then you're kind of like almost that's why it takes you split yeah you know yeah you're like where's where is my soul now or where's my co you know my my cohesiveness in a way you know and I feel walking <coughs> gets you really it gets Grounded, you really literally. into your body but it gets you really into the now and it gets you really like there's like this this deep almost like tissue like it's it goes it's, it's on a molecular level yeah. completely and you know also what it does is that whenever we live our normal lives like you walk into a building you leave your car so you're outside for um, two minutes you walk into a building you do your stuff you walk out when are you ever outside between heaven and earth for eight hours a day yeah yeah even if you go to the beach Yeah, you know, it's just like uh, like an hour or two, hours. and then it's right. hot, right? Yeah, right. Or you go to a park, or whatever. You go hiking sometimes, but that's not something you do. But to do it consecutively, you enter this rhythm of the earth. You get connected to the earth, and then you have you know this atmosphere over you and everything that's happening in this planet. Like yeah, you're more you know, connected you wake to the up land, and, yeah. and it's the light, and you go to sleep because you're so exhausted. You go to sleep early yeah. too. You know, you eat, you take a wash your clothes take a bath and you go to sleep and so you enter this rhythm that is really special so many things that happen that uh, you don't even realize and you don't realize it for years mm -hmm. but it changes you mm -hmm. it's a really wonderful thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree yeah I grew I grew up hiking a lot because I grew up in Austria so and Beautiful we did person. also like these as a kid I remember we did this camp where you would you know walk from mountain hut to mountain hut for a week or so and it was a camp I hated it it was raining all the time it was horrible but um but it's it's kind of like this I feel like in in Austria through all the hiking you know it's it's kind of like you're connected to the land you're reconnecting more. to nature you're yes. connected to yeah. the yeah, it's nature important. you're like you have like I don't know you have and, like, and that forms you as yeah. a kid you might hate it you might whatever but it's so important that the kids are outside it mm -hmm. affects your interaction with your surroundings <coughs> and um, I think that it also affects uh, your connection with with the earth I feel like countries mm -hmm. and places that do have more outdoor activities or even here in the states like you do have children that do get to go camping with their parents or go to the national parks like those individuals will have more of a love and more of a, uh, an understanding and appreciation and desire to be around nature it's not always like you know it's very difficult living in a really large city where you're surrounded by concrete um, to be able to see like, wow, I'm walking barefoot on grass and this feels amazing. Or, you know, let me throw a stick to my whatever, you know, just yeah. doing outdoor things and just that con reconnection. Yeah, it really w connects you. When did you start your performances? Was that after the walk too? Or did yes. you? Yes. Yeah, I, I figured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of felt the need for the performances to honor the work mm -hmm. because it's there, it's not going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Of course, the documentation is the only thing I keep, but you know i can't let somebody just come and sweep it i i put a lot of effort and a lot of work in it so oh, and a lot of meaning it. so yeah. i destroy it myself lately it's been destroyed by a, a dancer which has been very beautiful um the last two exhibitions the one at um uh free, Arbasso, yeah, free. Yeah, <coughs> i'm sorry <coughs> that was um a flamenco dancer, a local flamenco dancer with a bata, a long flamenco thing, did a dance in there. And um, the one before that, it was up for distas. Uh, there was uh, this, you probably know her, she's from uh, with the group Pioneer Winter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lizzie Lotte. Mm -hmm. she, she danced over the, the salt. For a performance and it was absolutely beautiful and there's going to be one another one because i have a show right now at the um, 
Cornell Museum mm -hmm. okay. and with with Freddie we did a, a, another collaboration and uh, the this Nurka Nurka Marquez the dancer yeah, the, she's going to dance over it on October the 5th so okay, I'm inviting oh, wow, wonderful. that's around the corner and it's a good show too get there before it closes cause is that the Florida Prize show is no no it's called at the um, uh, Cornell, no, Museum Cornell Museum in Delray mm -hmm. it's seven the other solos. one is in Orlando I yeah, think yeah. Orlando. Mm -hmm. this one is called Seven Solos and mm -hmm. it's it's an old school mm -hmm. the museum is an old school I think the first school there was in Delray Beach mm -hmm. so it has some character to it and there's seven classrooms it's a beautiful space and um, the curator gave us each a space to do something, uh, some nice. kind of um, of an installation, mm -hmm. and so all seven spaces are like really nice to be in. You like it? Are the dancers ever hesitant to like destroy the work? <laughs> um, yeah, they feel bad. Everybody feels bad. People watching it feels bad. When I do it, uh, and it usually is a very simple, solemn thing. I don't put music or you know. It's just me doing something, either throwing water over it gently, or making movements, or make uh, or dance, or I've even buried it in more of the material. Um, it's people feel really bad because even if they're seeing it for five minutes, they're like, "Oh my God, don't destroy this! It's so beautiful." But it's like. You know, it's where's it gonna go? It's I know. permanent. Like unless he so. had it on some kind of platform and that platform <laughs> had like four connecting corners that could protect it and maybe you could resin it to make it immortal, but then how large could it be? How where could you transport it? It's just questions. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot of questions and, and I always come back to the answer that the main message is impermanence. impermanence. Mm -hmm. So I don't wanna keep it. But I do keep the, the photographs and I, I get some really amazing photographs so I sell those I try to anyway mm -hmm. to sell those and they're very printed very 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 fine professional beautiful and they have they have a presence mm -hmm. so. so you have like this memorabilia or like yes. you know it's this you 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 can keep the the images you know? i can keep mm -hmm. the images i think i should mm -hmm. as as a document yeah even if you know i never sell a single photograph uh, as a document i need because otherwise no, it even exist. for a, totally. um, retrospective you know yeah, that would be like, like crystal, an interesting like, crystal, like, like, like you, yeah. you talk about right. performance piece also you know that's right as a performance artist that is what you keep you keep the videos you keep the images you know exactly exactly but there is another show that is coming up um soon right that you just gave us the invitation yes. can you talk yes. about that it's at uh, palm beach state college in north palm beach if anybody wants to more or less figure out where it is if you know where the palm, uh, garden small is is right in front of it <clears throat> it's a beautiful college i didn't know it was so big and they have a nice gallery and they show a lot of artists and um, it's a solo show that we're collaborating with freddie mm -hmm. And um, I'm working frantically on it right now. Because so you're installing just, already? Or oh you're my God, this has been a very, very busy, crazy month because I, our friends, like I said, our friends from Spain came and we went to Mexico. But I had already committed with them for about over a year, maybe two, to do that. And then I got called to teach this class. I will. So and you're even, like, uh, and I wasn't even going to be here the first day of class. So I had to ask a friend to cover for me, and then uh, I mean, I hit the ground with that plane, came back, started teaching the class. I have also a show at Arts Warehouse, which I installed two weeks ago oh during the hurricane. Oh my goodness! So if you do uh, Arts Warehouse, is a beautiful space in Delray Beach, and there is a show that is dealing with climate change. It's called Tidal curated by Grace Gadanik and um, beautiful show. And I got off the plane, I started installing that, I started teaching, I had to get through that, I had to stop for like three or four days because of the hurricane, couldn't get back into it and then tried to finish it in time for, I think I finished the day before the day of the show. Oh my God. 
and then in, as soon as I finished that, I started the one in Palm Beach. Yeah. And right now I'm trying to finish uh, that one. Finish that one. You wow. can do it. We have and to. I'm curating an exhibition at Arts Warehouse. Uh, in Delray Beach. In Delray Beach. Um, it opens October 18. And wow. there's um, seven artists. So I will send you the information on that. And Please I'm working do. on that too. And the one at NSU. So yeah. It's been so really So you crazy. have yeah. a busy, busy it's time right now. It's not even December. Yeah. You probably <laughs> have know. to do another walk soon. It's, yeah. <laughs> Maria has right. one final So question. our very last question. Uh, you've been sitting on a magical rocking chair. It grants you three wishes. You can wish for anything and everything, but you have to say it out loud for it to come true. What are your three okay. wishes? Three wishes. Ah. I, I mean, I, most important thing, I, I hope for the planet to heal, for people to realize that we can continue the practices that we have right now and that we should change and keep this amazingly beautiful place that is this little blue planet, this special thing we have is so beautiful. Anywhere you go, it's just so much beauty and we need to keep it. So that's my one wish, to be able to save the planet. Mm -hmm. Second wish, I guess peace, mm -hmm. peace for the world. And um, my third wish, for my daughters and my grandchildren and their husbands and their families to be safe mm -hmm. and happy. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank That's you. Really great wishes. Thank you so much, Junia, for sitting with us. We looked forward to your interview, and it finally happened. And if you are in the Delray area, as well as your show in Palmetto, the, the Palm, Beach. Palm Beach, Palm Beach, please check it out. We're going to connect your website to ours so people could look you up and hopefully see these exhibits. I have to thank you because you're giving me a wonderful hour and oh. very relaxed and um, loving this. Thank you so much. The vibe here is just amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in, and um, we'll be catching up with you next week or starting on Monday with a new interview. Back on our schedule. Back on schedule. After hurricane and traveling. Catching up. <laughs> catching up. All righty. Bye, guys. Thank bye, you. Bye, everyone. Bye. bye.